This is Start Making Sense, the weekly podcast of The Nation magazine, and I'm John Wiener. Now it's time for another episode of The Children's Hour. Stories about Ivanka, Jared, Don Jr., and Little Eric. Boy, are those kids in trouble this week. For that, we turn to Amy Willens. She's a writer and journalist who's written a lot about the Middle East, California, and the Trump family, best known for her award-winning work on Haiti. And she's a 2020 Guggenheim Fellow. Amy, welcome back. Thank you, John. Well, the big news this week is about another Trump, Lara. She is telling people she wants to run for the Senate for a seat in North Carolina that will open up in two years. That would make her the first Trump of the younger generation to run for office ahead, notably, of Don Jr. But our first question is, who is Lara Trump? Lara Trump is the wife of little Eric, as we like to call him on this show, Eric Trump. So, yes, she would be running for office ahead, notably, of Don Jr., and less notably, ahead of Eric, and perhaps more notably, ahead of Ivanka Trump. (laughs) It's a little bit odd, as she's a right-wing newscaster or news producer, and um, she's worked on the Trump campaign this time around. And what does her father-in-law, the president, often say about her? I love him because he's just he just can't help himself. He said, oh, yeah, you, <laughs> when he saw her at some family gathering because he just didn't remember who she was. He said that he could never pick her out of a lineup. But, you know, I would say what the heck he means about that is that she looks like every other Trump female. <laughs> she has some dark hair in her long blonde hair. And, you know, she's perfect and she could be a model and he can't pick her out of the lineup. To say about your daughter-in-law, to tell your friends, I couldn't pick her out of a lineup. And he's known her for about a decade at family dinners and all sorts of stuff. She's the mother of his grandchildren. Let's not confuse her with the girlfriend of Don Jr., Kimberly Guilfoyle. She had the highest profile of the Trump women during the campaign because she was picked to give the opening an opening night speech at the Republican National Convention where she seemed to be imitating Mussolini. She was channeling him, I believe. He would be surprised to find himself channeled into the body of a wholesome uh, woman in a, a tight red dress. But indeed, she really seemed to have taken on the, um, the gestures and the, um, the screaming voice of Il Duce. there any talk uh, about... Kim, as you have often called her, running for office? I think that at this point, that may be closed off to her. In The New Yorker, Jane Mayer wrote a long and devastating piece about her and sexual harassment claims against her. You know, it's always said that she left Fox News to work on the campaign, but actually it appeared from the Jane Mayer piece that she uh, was basically uh, fired by Fox News because of these charges against her by her assistant, among others. Lurid charges, let us say. Very lurid. Not not really for a family radio show. (laughs) Let's switch the subject here to the politics in North Carolina. You may recall the Democrats had high hopes of winning the state for, for Biden and winning the Senate seat. And in the end, Trump won North Carolina 
by a smaller margin than he did four years ago, but he did win by 1.3 percentage points. But the state is seems to be trending blue, and that's going to make this Senate race in two years, currently held by a Republican who's retiring, a huge thing in America, sort of like Georgia is right now. Yes. So Lara was born in North Carolina, went to high school there, uh, went to North Carolina State in Raleigh. She's uh, not a social liberal from New York City, nor has she mixed with those people, really, unless you consider Eric Trump in some form to be a New York City social liberal, which we don't, but he is from (laughs) New York City. And may I say this as a person of New York City? He's from New York City broadly. (laughs) (laughs) Nicely put. (laughs) Queens, you know. She's kind of a hard right winger, um, and she's been plugged by Newsmax, which is a network that, if you can believe it, is to the right of Fox. Um, On the campaign trail, she repeated Trump's claims about voter fraud. She hasn't tweeted much for the last few days because uh, she's joined the rest of the Trumps in going after the Dominion voting machines, and that has seemed to go nowhere. So they have nothing left to say. But mostly on Twitter, like a good uh, Trump wife, she retweets Eric, her husband, who really doesn't have much to say either. The big question for Trump's own children, for us anyway, is how are they dealing with their father's refusal to admit that he lost the election? I guess in a way there's no surprises, but run it down for us. Well, it depends how you see your political future panning out as a Trump child. So if you're one of the boys, you see your future panning out in the style of your dad. Tough fighter, never goes down, never says I lost, never, you know, accept defeat. And then they're telling him to keep fighting. While Ivanka and Jared are more like, maybe we should move on from here because they might see that they would like to have a future that doesn't include the first president of the United States, incumbent, outgoing, who refuses to concede the election. It's an astonishing thing. Uh, It's bad for the country. Um, And not that Ivanka and Jared have showed much care about that, but I think they would like to be able to hold their heads up and say, we convinced him finally to concede. Well, let's talk about Don Jr. for a minute more here. He famously has tested positive. He is in quarantine. His father is tweeting that he's going to be fine. What's Don Jr. been up to lately since he got his diagnosis of positive? Well, I think just before he got his positive diagnosis, he expressed the opinion that COVID deaths were, quote, down to almost nothing, unquote, on a day when they topped a thousand in this country. Now, to him, that may be almost nothing. That's only a thousand people dead. You need more than that, even to win Georgia. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of a down to nothing. And now he's all excited about Mike Tyson returning to boxing and he's tweeting these, you know, sportster tweets. I think he's kind of, he's been inside too long for (laughs) now. Well, it's a kind of moving on, actually, if you're looking forward to Mike Tyson's comeback. I mean. But I think that as a kid, This was a bonding experience with dad. Dad had always front seat tickets or whatever you call them to the fights and he brought the kids. And so that he's kind of uh, harking back to that uh, heyday in their lives when they could go to the fights together, dad and kid. And Ivanka seems 
if you look at her Twitter feed and her famous Instagram page, she's kind of relentlessly upbeat. She finds happy things to post about. Well, she's a cheerful girl and she's not letting any of this defeat loser business get her down. And um, she cares a lot about the future of the planet and about women's economic equality. And she cares about so much. This is what she tweeted on Tuesday morning. Fact. Greenhouse gases generated by the United States will slide 9.2% this year, tumbling to the lowest level in at least three decades at EPA. Well, <laughs> yeah, Ivanka, that's true. But there's a reason for that. And the reason is the silver lining of the coronavirus response failure, that along with 250,000 dead and an economy that is stopped in its tracks, the reduction in travel of all of us sitting in our little quarantines along with Don Jr. Uh, was actually good for the environment. As we all said at the beginning, there's one good thing that's happened here, and that is a change in carbon emissions because we can't do what we normally do. So are we glad? I guess we're glad, you know, at least we can have a silver lining, but it's not exactly what you can tweet about as though it's something the Trump administration was working on, although you could claim they were working on it because they didn't do anything to deal with the coronavirus. And now we're stuck with going back into lockdown. The, um, Trump kids have to be worried about what comes next in their lives. Can Ivanka and Jared return to New York? Doesn't everybody hate them in New York? Will they ever eat lunch in that town again? First off, you must understand, everybody always hated them in New York. It, it, they had some friends, of course, and they grew up there, so they knew people. But like they, the Trump family wasn't the big popularity family in New York society, especially Manhattan society. So, and now it's much, much worse. But as Gina Belafonte said in the New York Times, you can always eat lunch again in this town. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> I believe that's true. And they will, they'll come to back to New York if they come back to New York, which is a big question. But I think they will. They'll come back to New York with um, many strikes against them, like participating in an inhumane, uh, despicable administration that lies and tries to destroy American democracy. But they'll have a certain kind of exotic, noir interest. And as some restaurateur said about it, you know, first of all, I don't have, he said, in my restaurant, I don't have a red seating and a blue seating. Anyone who wants to come eat in my restaurant can come eat in my restaurant. I've had dictators, etc. And he said, and besides, people want to come, they want to go home and th then call up their friends and say, guess who I saw at the restaurant, Ivanka and Jared, can you believe they were out there? He said, no one's going to stop coming to my restaurant because Ivanka and Jared were there. They'll come to the restaurant because of that. And that is New York. But then there are you know, the art openings, the galleries, the sales. Is there any New York artist who wants to be known as being bought and having work now in the home of Ivanka and Jared? Is there any gallery that is going to sell to them? This is going to end up on, you know, page six of the New York Post, and the artist will then want to boycott the gallery. And uh, I, I think they're certainly dead in the, in the art world, and that probably goes up to the Met Gala. Maybe I'm going too far here. 
you're going too far there. But social shaming is really very big now, and it's been done to a lot of less deserving people than Ivanka and Jared. So I think the art world is a place where that could happen. It is it is so desperately hard for me to imagine that in the world of fashion that could happen, that anyone has any shame in that kind of swirl. But I think they do because they want to be seen just as Hollywood people want to be seen to be doing the right thing. The fashion world, which is full of people who are sycophantic to Ivanka during this period, might turn away from her and the Met Gala might not be a place where she gets to wear her best gown. People may not want to design for her. And as someone said, I read, no one's going to lend her clothing. I mean, a lot of those dresses you see at the Met Gala are not their clothes. They're donated by, not donated, but offered by the um, couturier. And do you want to be the couturier who designed Ivanka's outfit this year? I don't think so. I don't think so. Don Jr., of course, has a different problem. He's the one with his father's name. What's his future after January 20th? Poor Don Jr. When his mother gave him the name Don Jr., his father said, what if he's a loser? <laughs> We've never forgotten that one. It's always worth remembering. What if he's a loser? He's a loser. And then the kid, he was an angry kid growing up. He was mad at his father for leaving the mother. He didn't speak to him for a while. But then um, sort of as his redemption with his dad, he was all in for the for the presidential campaign number one and presidential campaign number two, even more. He's a good boy. He does what daddy wants now. But, you know, we find him now, sadly, thinking about the future with the name Donald Trump, uh, posing next to this. Uh, it's an incredible photo. You should Google it if you haven't seen it. Posing next to a photo that says Don Jr. 2024. You know, so he's going to be the next Trump running. For where, where where does this poster come from? Well, that's the that's the key thing. I mean, it's a very it's kind of a good poster. It's funny. He's in the middle of it. There are lots of flags and things. It's at a livestock auction somewhere in Nevada. That's where the poster has been put up. <laughs> it's not um, the place presidents are made, I don't think, livestock Traditionally, John. Now, let's not speak. This is the post-Trump era. It may now be livestock auctions in Nevada where our presidents are formed. So that's where Don's poster was. What, what's interesting about him is he's still on the COVID doesn't matter uh, war horse. And I think you know, a lot of analysis of what happened to Trump and why Trump didn't just sneak by Biden is his treatment of the COVID catastrophe. So I think Don's kind of on the wrong track. The Nevada Livestock Show, COVID isn't happening. I think he's not paying attention to what's really uh, important to Americans right now. And of course, there's one big obstacle to Don Jr. 2024, and that's Don Sr. 2024 one of them. <laughs> that is one of them. Another is the speech girlfriend gave at the Republican National Con Convention, which is Kimberly Guilfoyle. The third is girlfriend's legal problems with her uh, very vivid and volatile sexuality. <laughs> he has a lot of problems running for president. So I know your your uh, favorite activity of the Trump boys, if they're not doing politics, is off doing big game hunting. Do you see that in the near future of uh, Don Jr. and Little Eric? I see a long, uh, a long hike and a big safari in Africa. <laughs> and a lot and a lot of dead animals. 
a lot of dead animals and a lot of angry people who didn't like being called people from a certain kind of whole country. Mm. So I think, uh, you know, maybe even Africa won't be so good. Maybe they can um, stuff the grounds at Mar-a-Lago with exotic game for these kids and they can go out shooting at Mar-a-Lago. Hope they don't hit Melania. Speaking of Melania, this is the sort of last but not least department here. Everyone wants to know what Melania will do after January 20th, and all my friends are hoping she's she's going to pack her bags, walk out, and say goodbye to them. Well, it depends how good the prenup was that she uh, orchestrated when he was just coming into office and um, and what the custody situation is with Barron. I assume she would have full custody of Barron if she actually got divorced from the president. But, you know, most of what I've been reading recently and hearing people say is that we liked to think she was uh, Rapunzel stuck up in a tower and not allowed to come out except for photo ops with the president. But actually... She's kind of on board with him and they, she has the same values he has. For all we know, Melania is already living in New York. Um, certainly she hasn't invited uh, Dr. Jill Biden for tea yet, the way, um, the way Mrs. Obama did for her, even though, as you know, uh, Michelle had a lot of misgivings about that. But she did do what was required of her. But this, this first lady has not done what's required of her. Amy Willens, always great to have you on the show. Thanks for today. Thank you, John. You've been listening to Start Making Sense, the weekly podcast of The Nation magazine. You can hear more interviews like this one at thenation.com, and you can subscribe to Start Making Sense at iTunes Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm John Wiener. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.